Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, to provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. Hello and welcome to Crosstalk, your host, Martha Lee, and myself, Anime. Today we have Kitty Stewart with us, and she's going to share her journey from Christianity till today. So welcome to our podcast. The topic is how we got here, and we're going to take you on a journey of how believers and a body of Christ formed our church. Welcome, Kitty. Hello. Our first question for you is, what year and where did you get saved? We were in Albuquerque in the fall of the year, 1976. And my sister-in-law, Margie, met up with us. She was back east. And she just told me about the Lord. And I really think the ground was prepared because I didn't even question her. It wasn't like, what are you talking about? It was like, okay. And she she did tell me this one thing. She said, uh, I was telling her something, and she said, you know, Kitty, the Lord comes, and he knocks. And then she said, if you don't accept it, he comes again, and he knocks. And then the knock gets less. And that's the astounding part sometimes. She said, because you're hardened. So, but anyway, I... I <laughs> I was sitting at the bar stool and the tears had blinded me. So I guess that was all I needed. And then as time went along, I understood more of exactly what was going on because that was just the start. A lot of people stopped there. Mm-hmm. That's what you find with some people. Yeah. They, they live on the old fire, I guess you would call it. Amen. That's right. And, uh, you know, he says, my mercies are new every morning. That's what it is. He's new every morning. And uh, what happened back then was the start of a long 47 years ago. Well, praise God. That was a beautiful testimony, Kitty. I know your mother. I remember your mom. Prayer warrior. We can go on for an hour. But the next question is, Growing up, do you remember anyone going to church or being religious or not? And then after you answer that, maybe you want to expound on your mother a little. Well, let me surprise you first. Go ahead. I don't remember my mother crying. I remember my father from the time I was a kid. We was in trailers. And he would lay in the back room at night and put his hand over his eyes and his hands together, and he prayed every night. And I remember when I was a kid, I'd say, go to talk, not night, right now, Hen, I'm praying. And the other thing I remembered was my Granny Kate, 
They never mentioned the Lord, except that they said grace. But in the back of her trailer, she had a picture of the Lord. And then as I got, maybe like the time my brother Ike was born, I would maybe have been about 10 or 12. Now, mom would, might drop you off at Sunday school. But in her mind, it was getting ready. But it was a blessing in disguise. Yes. And I remember going to school with my Uncle Ted's girl, Kathy, and Ted and Benny that are now reside in Virginia and have a bunch of kids that are serving the Lord. And uh, I remember when we was in Durham, and we could call the gospel bus out. And the gospel bus would come out and you'd go. And I specifically remember, it must have been a, a, a full gospel church. The people was on the floor. And they were singing, revive us again. Hallelujah and the glory. And it was hallelujah, amen. And I was about maybe 12 then. But then by the time you're 12, you become a woman and you got to take care of the care and you're no longer doing the gospel bus. Right. So but that, that stayed was, with you all them that years. That stayed with yes. me all those years. And as a matter of fact, that was the time when there was like a drought of after hearing about the Lord in my life. Yes. Well, that kind of leads us into our next question then. How would you explain to younger people the move we had back then and any instances that stick out to you? But before you got there, like, how would you explain to kids, the younger generation, I would say 45 and under, only see us the way we are now. We have churches established and they live permanent. So they, if they don't come to one of our churches and our organization, they go to their local church, wherever they're at. So, but for us, it was different. So how would you explain that difference there and uh, to well, now? First of all, I'm going to say a proverb. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Because if we leaned on the understanding, back then we were really, the Bible was the thing. Mm -hmm. Because there wasn't a lot of churches. That's right. And like, like uh, Nancy Watson said in her testimony, there was an awful lot of, uh, Uncle Bill had them, uh, my brother Joe had them. They were uh, back, we're going back a ways. The Sun crew had them. We had prayer meetings, whatever yeah. we could do. This is before Michael. Yeah. Now, once we had Michael, we kind of got a clue. But when we first got saved and went through the, the loop of the Country Hantles churches, we got an awful lot of Bollins because they knew the minute they knew there was something wrong that we weren't the same as them. And when we first got saved, we were like holiness unto God. And I took all my jewelry off and I never went to church, to shows, and I never went to wore makeup. I mean, I was... Pentecostal <laughs> holiness. Pentecostal <laughs> church of God, sister. And uh, I remember going with the blues and uh, old George with a hat and... When we was in Louisiana, you know, uh -huh. but the first person that I can remember coming to my door after Christmas time, and we was down in Louisiana, 
Betty Car uh, Gray come to the door. And she said, Kitty's in this lovely little church. And she takes us off to the church. I said, okay, Betty, I'll go with you. I was glad for fellowship. And quite frankly, George was in a jam and we were in an awful mess. He wasn't saved yet, I don't believe. Anyway, we goes to this church and it's a Pentecostal church and he got saved and they were, I mean, on fire. Yes. So that was the beginning. But you have to look back and that's, I'm looking back from, from start to forward. The Lord's hand was in the lot. Mm -hmm. Amen. That was beautiful. Amen. So here's our other question to you, if you can remember. Who was the first person after you got saved that you witnessed to or brought to Christ? My mother. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, because she was quite the prayer warrior. She was very hard to deal with because it was when old uh, Pepper died. First old Ducky died, and that was in June of uh, like Memorial Day of 1977. And I kept telling her, because by now everybody's had a prayer meetings, and we actually had a big prayer meeting at the decoration in Cincinnati. And I mean, he's, the old duckies died, and all these people's there, and half of them have their wrinkles up. They don't accept what's going on. There's a bunch of people that right. talk about heads and yes. fists, and you couldn't talk to them. And they laugh at you. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the other half were saved, I'm not saying half and half, but whatever. Right. Anyway, uh, I kept talking to my mother about, my girl, I've always known the Lord. Honestly, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I did what I could do, and the tears blinded me, and my heart broke, Mom's not saved. Anyway, she called me back a while later, maybe a couple of months, and she said, Tears lined in her. I understand now. But mom was like my husband. They were gloriously saved. Gloriously saved, yes. They were like gloriously turned around, never looked back. People that had an impact. On those around them. Amen. I can Amen. testify to that, both of them, Kitty. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask you some questions about outreaches because I know you and your girl Catherine and Esther Jean and sister-in-law Esther, all of you were involved in uh, helping the needy. And I remember one time my sister-in-law Kathy went to Assembly of God and she met up with Naomi, the woman that had a little street ministry. She had like a little U-Haul and they'd gather stuff up and on Saturdays have things. And you were all involved in that and your kids. And so I just wanted you to touch on that because I also know that in California, I remember uh, Esther White would organize things and her nephew Alec and all different people would go and they'd hand out uh, t-shirts and socks and stuff. And I know back east in, in uh, Delaware, Jane Evans, she had a outreach as well all over. But I want to talk about uh, local here, your experience. Uh, how did that get going and, and what did you learn through it or was there an experience that 
uh, uh, something that happened that just sticks out in your brain about it. I guess when you go to the churches, more so than yourself, alone, you, you get, there's a, the, the reps always have a need. They mm -hmm. always have people that they're given to. Right. But, on, unfortunately, they're not always as given as you think. We're, travelers are way more liberal with their given yes. to an outreach or to a need. Because if there was a need in the church, say somebody needed to get married years ago, they would announce it in the country handle church and it was Assembly of God we went to by then. I never did go to a Baptist church. Anyway, uh, nothing against the Baptist. I just did, we, we started off at the Church of God and then went down because we realized the Church of God was a tad back then, 40 year, odd year ago, uh, very strict. George come with a beard and a flat coat and they put him out. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the love was flowing there. The love was flowing, right? <laughs> but anyway, uh, we would take travelers, we would take up offerings. And amongst our own traveler people, if there was an offering, we did it to this day. Yes. But I remember even in Florida, when we very first got saved, we would have outreaches and supply uh, refrigerators. And, and uh, I mean, I can't remember when we didn't have some form of outreach. Bob and Naomi was kind of like the end of the line before we did our own. Yes. But we went to the, that assembly of God and these poor dear people got up and they're telling their vision and their need. And the church really did not respond. We said, honey, we'll help you. And Kathy, who's miraculous, and Catherine, and Jimmy's wife, Esther, and we all got together. And then we made it a deal. Once a week, we would supply these people whatever they wanted. And that went on. We didn't go. They had their own places they went. It was mostly at those Mexicans, and it was around the corner off of uh, Alma School, Arizona Avenue and Pecos. There was a little area back there. And uh, But I remember going with Bobby and Nancy uh, with uh, Eddie Donahue and Georgie Reed, and we would call them ditty bags, and we'd make little bags up and put them in the back of the truck and go down there where they're still ministering down by the Capitol and old Ed would drop the tailgate and he's, they'd all come and he said, before you do anything, he said, I'm gonna give you the Lord. And he would stand up and give yeah. a, a testimony, you know? And uh, then we'd pass out the things. And then I remember in LA, we were probably one of the first people to go down to the Dream Center. When Matthew was first starting out, me and Esther Keith, uh, John Reese's wife, uh, old Titty, and and all of the women would give, and then we'd get together and we would go down there once a week and bring supplies up to the people, and uh, that was the LA deal. Then we would go, and he was another one. Old Ned had a wonderful yeah ministry. And we would go with old Ned, and he'd bring blankets and socks and minister to them downtown LA. Scary. 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 Stuff. And this was back 80s, 90s. We're yes. talking, yeah. yeah we're, but from the very beginning, uh, I think that I think the travelers have, uh, have a, a vision, sometimes more than we even know. Because there's people, not everybody blows their own horn. And I know that's people right. that's built churches and built houses and, and uh, 
foreign countries and you know what I'm saying? And uh, Renee, I don't know if people even realize my brother Joe calls him a modern day apostle. Awesome. Yep. There's nobody like him in our on our people that we're aware of that done the work that we wouldn't do. None of us feel like going and tramping through the dirt and people we don't talk we don't know how to talk to because he talks Romany chill, I guess they call it, and we don't. Yeah. So even though they're foreign, I think he speaks. 30 languages. But he also speaks that language. And he said, all of the people that I know, the travelers that he ministers, they're gypsies in yeah, Romanese. Yeah, yeah. And Santi, and there's all different kinds of these uh, different uh, breeds. We're, we're travelers in a different way. You know, we're not the same as them, but we're all tarred with the same stick, as you might say. Right. But that man is... And then I know people that give to him in tremendous ways. I know people that give started widows up that are in desperate need, bought them cars. I mean, travelers are extremely generous for people. This is what the podcast, this whole deal's about, is to show everybody, the, the people that don't let their left hand know what their right hand's doing, but everything that they've done for decades has created what we see today. Right. The Lord gave me this anime. It's in Zechariah 710. It says, don't, suppose, don't despise the day of small things. So whatever anybody can do. It says in the Bible, a drink of water. That's right. Some people are, 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 are uh, intimidated by not being able to give enough, do enough, or say enough. And I... I don't want to cry. My husband was not a minister, but he said enough. Amen. 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 So you can do enough yourself. Yes, you can. The small thing, it's what he requires of you, not what the world requires. I'm glad you said that because actually that's where the end of our question was going is, how would you say to younger people wanting to serve God or feeling called to God? You said the little things and you read that scripture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you were talking to our younger generation, Kitty, and our younger people, and they felt a tug in their heart, that doesn't mean they're going to, and I hope they all do, that don't mean they have to get up behind a stage. There's a lot more ministry goes on on the ground floor than behind the stage. People on the stage can only do it because of the people on the ground floor, the people in the background. So for both people feeling called to minister or feeling just called to serve God, they have a, what would you tell them? What would your advice be to them? I would say, go to church, read your Bible and get born again. <laughs> Going to church isn't, the Alpha and Omega. You want to go to church because you are saved, but going to church don't make you saved. Amen. And a person has to realize, and then the other thing is, uh, we hear it all the time. We hear it when we dedicate our kids to bring up a child in the way they should go. And I'm here to say, because I have several brothers that were troubled, you have to realize that some people stray. And you have to pray them back into the kingdom. Yes. My brother Jimmy was 72 year old when he died. And 
he was troubled his whole young life. And then he had all kinds of tragedy with his wife and family. And it continued, and him and her parted, and it was awful. At the very last, he went over to my brother Ike's house, and he was, Ike said, whatever happened, he, he eventually, he got saved. Yes. Praise God. And she said, he's sitting in the house, and he said, Kitty, he's totally different. He, all he does is watch TV, and, and all he does is sit and cry. He closed his eyes and died. God took him home. So here's the thing I'm trying to say. Never give up. Amen. Train up your kids. But don't try and kid yourself. You have to be born again. It's a one-way thing. Yes. We, we can kid, you know, you can kid some, kid some of the people some of the time, but you ain't kidding God. Amen. Now, many times I've failed the Lord, and he's never failed me. Amen. But you have to have to have that backing of the Holy Spirit. I am a Pentecostal. I believe in the second blessing. I'm not going to argue the point with anybody going on about I got saved and I get filled. I'm, that's not really the issue. The issue is there is a second blessing, and I can tell you I have it. But I also believe that you, the primary thing is John 3, 16. You have to be born again. Amen. And then it says, then the works will follow. Yes. It's not by works, but the works will follow. And that's that's my opinion on the whole thing. No, doing things for the Lord and still being a rotter is not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have to go back to love never fails. We have to, that, that. I have no more to say than... You must be born again. Praise God. That's it. So, Martha, do you have anything you want to add or add? I was just going to just back it up a little bit to the uh, outreaches again, because that was something that was kind of near to our heart. How were you nervous about stepping into something that's the unknown? We know our people. We know that. But like that kind of unknown, you know what I'm saying? Did that make you nervous? And what would you say to people that maybe is leaning into that kind of ministry. I didn't have a problem with it. It was like a natural thing. Yes, I was like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. We had women's prayer meetings in our house, as you remember. Yeah, I we had them in my house in California. We had them in Florida. Then we went on and we used to have them with Tissy here before mm-hmm. it was established mm-hmm. places to have them. And anything, I, I paddled. Mm-hmm. So I never was intimidated by people. Travelers are not so, you know how some people think they're not as good and they shouldn't do that. Well, I was like, no, I can do it. I'll, I'll try. Yes. You know, <laughs> the worst thing you can do is fail. That's it. Amen. So that's the way I feel. Don't, the failure isn't a failure to God. He just sees your heart and he sees your heart always. He looks upon, man looks on the outward appearance but God looks upon the heart. Praise just God. remember that part. If you try and fail, it's better than never trying at all. Amen. Well, we want to thank you, Kitty, for coming and doing this podcast and sharing your heart with us. We don't take it lightly. We love you. We respect you as a woman of God. You have always looked up to you, and you've encouraged me through the years. And Amen. Me too. It's been a tremendous encouragement yeah. today. And uh, it's going to be for a lot of people that hears this too, Kitty. The work's not done. The work's not done. The work's not done. We love you and 
God bless. Thank you. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and that it encouraged you. Please follow us on Spotify and Apple for the weekly podcast. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May you grow in His Word and Spirit. God bless.